This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I'm April Martini. And today we're going to talk about monumental mistakes people make on their websites. Why is this important? Because the first thing people do to find out more about your business is to Google you. And really, the first thing they look for is a website. And if this is the first interaction people are having with you, which could be in this world of COVID right now, it's got to be a good one. But unfortunately, we've seen too many people cobble together a website for the sake of having one without giving proper thought to the impact it has on their consumer. And I'll jump in real quick here and unfortunately poke some fun at Anne, which as you get to know us, you'll know we enjoy <laughs> doing and can have a laugh at each other's expense. Um, so Anne decided last fall, about two days before we were going to participate in a conference, that we desperately needed a website, which was right. However, she took it upon herself to go into Wix and create a site for us that was, shall we say, less than stellar. So we went ahead and used that site for the time being, but um, I brought in a web designer and programmer that I work with, and we gently gave Anne the very forthright feedback that this was not going to cut it and set about uh, redoing our website to look more in line with the brand that we had developed. So just know that we're not immune to mistakes, and we make them as well. I challenge the less than stellar. I think it was at least a little bit better than less than stellar. <laughs> but um, okay, so lesson learned that just because you can doesn't actually mean you should do, or at least not with this approach. Although I will still say having our one page as a landing page was still like the stellar piece. <laughs> but um, we want to give you guys the marketing sparks that you need in order to make a killer website. So frankly, you don't get killed. Now, does this have to be expensive? No. Does it have to take a lot of time? No. Do you have to really invest in thinking through your brand? Yes. So we're going to tell you how to do that. So we're going to dive right in. Okay, so the first monumental website mistake, not developed with brand in mind. And as we mentioned, your website is a primary tool people are using for vetting you in this Google-led world, right? So it proves that you exist. It proves that you're somewhat legit. You don't necessarily need to close the sale here, but you do need to hook them enough that they contact you, which means your site has to be representative of a brand and has to be definitively answer three critical big brand questions. And I talk about this all the time. And those three questions are, who am I? Why am I different? And why do you want me? And in doing this, there's certain things that you need to create. And April has done a lot of work for this on, on in our business. So I was going to let her jump in and, and, and talk about what's really super critical as you're thinking about your brand in order to develop your website. Yeah. So um, the creative side of things tends to be where I really lean in. And it was no different with uh, our website or with any of the website projects we do, quite frankly. Um, so once you answer those three big brand questions, which ultimately position you in the marketplace, the next thing you need to do is create a visual and verbal toolkit that then allows you to look and speak the way that you want your brand represented. 
We really like to start with a mood board. Um, and those of you that are in the industry, you know what that is. But really, it can just be some semblance of pictures put together on a page that inspire you, whether it be feeling or color or, or just overall look. And after you do that, you can hire someone to design that toolkit for you. And that would be inclusive of visually things like a logo, a color palette, some fonts, photography choices, iconography that might help explain your services. All of those things build into the visual tool. And then from a verbal standpoint, it's really about establishing your brand character. So if you think about yourself as a person, how how do you want to come across? And then how are you going to speak as a result of that? So this is included in things like tone of voice principles where you say, I'm going to come through as sunshiny and happy, or I'm going to be very approachable, or I want to be very inclusive. All of these things start to set the parameter for you or anyone else that's going to write against your brand. And so these things work together to ladder back to those questions that Anne mentioned and kind of your overall feeling and message as a brand. And I think really what's key there is the consistency part, right, April? Like it's the thing that kind of holds your website together through the multiple pages as well as um, through all the multiple communications channels. So it all feels very holistic, right? Yeah, and that's that's really important, right? You want to make sure that you're authentic first and consistent second. And so you want to be able to own anything that you put out there and then make sure that people can start to understand what to expect from you, which then builds to that relationship. And your website's really no different than any other point of communication. As Anne said, this is where people are going to vet that you're, yes, want a business, but also get a sense of who you are and what you do. And so all those components have to ladder up to a bigger brand message overall that is consistently communicated. Which is why I think it's so important that your about page is really spot on, right? Because that's your why. And right now, so many people are making decisions based on people's whys. Because honestly, there's lots of people putting out lots of really good products and services. So even being the best is just a price of entry, but it's the why. Why are you here? What's your purpose? How are you going to deliver something to me that's emotionally connecting to why I want to choose you You know, now and continue to choose you? Is that would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think um, to just remember that less is more in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get into kind of more details about what you need to put on your website and how to do that. But I would just say be as concise as you possibly can because to Anne's point, the quicker you can communicate that message and people get it, the quicker you're going to have turnaround for them to reach out and want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Those are good points. So the second monumental website mistake is that your website is low quality. Now, that doesn't mean you have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars for a premium website, especially not to start. So you could be frugal, but still be high quality. And this is where you need to be like really choiceful in what you invest in, right? Because if you are selling a product, you probably want to invest in really good imagery of your product. Or if you're selling a service, you want to probably invest in maybe some really good high quality video or examples or, ta- or, or case studies um, of what you do and what you provide. But you may not need to, like if you're doing a service, you may not need like the high quality photographs necessarily. So there could be a balance there. You have to really choose what is important in order to convey your brand and make sure that that is coming through. And really, 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 there's really no excuse for bad grammar, 
you know, bad punctuation, bad sentence structure. If if English is your second language or you're just frankly like English is not your best subject, which is totally fine. I'm an engineer. It was not mine. Um, have somebody copyright. Have somebody review it. Um, have somebody look at it. I mean, you have to, have to, have to get all these things exactly right. Again, it doesn't mean it has to be super expensive. You have to start with the 20-page WordPress website, but it does still require it to be high quality. All right. So, the third monumental website mistake is that you overinvest, which just kind of alludes to the point I was just talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we can tell you stories all day about people spending way too much time putting a website together before they even have a proven concept or even a brand for that matter. Um, so if you don't have your brand, please go back to number one and start there. Uh, but here, number three, we really want to talk about what you really need from a page standpoint, really specifically. And in our mind, it's anywhere from three to five pages. Anne already covered how important that About Us page is. That's where you introduce yourself and you talk about who you are. Then you want to have something against your products and services, so your credibility that you can actually do what you're saying you can do, outlining what you actually do associated with those products and services, and then some sort of promotional page, which for us, it's our blog, uh, but it can also be in the news or awards you've received or a deeper look at some of the work that you've done in the past. All of those things are fine, but you definitely don't need all of them to start. So we recommend just picking one that's really kind of your flagship or the one you would hang your hat on and moving forward with that. And then finally, a contact us page. You can go to our site, which is forthright-people.com and see that we have followed pretty specific this outline. And we've gotten a lot of good feedback that this is really all people need um, in order to say, okay, yep, check, check the box. They're a credible business. And they also have what I need, hopefully, and I'm going to reach out and contact them. April, question for you on this one too. So what do you think about like people who put these really long, elaborate case studies on their websites. So first of all, coming from the agency side, I can say these were the bane of my existence early in my career when I had to put them together. It was really awesome. Um, but aside from that, I just think it's really unnecessary because no matter how much detail you put into those, one, it's pretty proven that people don't read anymore, at least to the depth that those case studies really require you to. And number two, case studies at that level really require an explanation, right? You want to be able to sit there with the client and talk about what you did and answer questions and really get at what's relevant to them. You can't do any of that with a case study. You could never possibly anticipate all of the things that are going to be asked of you. So give a teaser, give the company you work for, list a quote from the client about working with you, maybe give a general kind of synopsis, one or two sentences of what you did, but you never have to go to the point of telling the whole story in that format. It's just not conducive to it. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. All right. So the fourth monumental website mistake is loving it and leaving it. Yeah, and this goes back to the initial setup that Anne gave around um, making sure that you're relevant and highly relevant, especially given COVID and the fact that people may be searching more than ever before they actually reach out and meet you in person. Um, 
you don't have to touch your website all the time. You don't have to touch it every week. You don't have to be in there, you know, micromanaging and saying, oh, I don't like this shade of blue or I'm not sure this image is still relevant. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is giving people a reason to come to your site or driving traffic to your site. So I already mentioned that our kind of promotion area is our blog. And we try to write blogs several times a month, right? So every single time that we write a new one, we promote it on LinkedIn or our Facebook pages or whatever the case might be, given the relevancy of the topics. And we push people back to our site. That gives them a reason to go to see new content and to really to either refamiliarize themselves with us, learn about us for the first time, or pick up some valuable information on something we're talking about. So while, again, you don't have to touch it all the time, you really do have to make sure that you're driving traffic there to get people to connect with you on a regular basis. Yep. I think that's extremely important. Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. All right. So now that we've kind of given you the four monumental website mistakes, we want to go into a next section, which we call in the trenches questions. Now, these are when we're going to specifically address things that we've seen or things that people have asked us uh, related to websites and website development. Um, It may be very, very specific to a specific industry, but we encourage you think beyond that because even though people are in different industries, you guys are doing a lot of very similar things and the best practices tend to go through those things too. So make sure to kind of listen for the insights and see how they can apply to you as well. And we'll try to point out some of those along the way if if, if we see that it's getting a little bit too much in the weeds. So let's start with the end of trenches question. So first question, I am running some Google ad campaigns, which are having relatively good success in getting people to my website, but I haven't gotten a ton of leads off of it. What do you think is happening? Okay, so we see this one quite a bit, and we've actually had quite a few consultations on this one. And what we generally see over and above everything is that the quality of website is not supporting the closure that people need once they get there. So you can have the best Google ads in the world, And it could be driving people to your website. But if your website isn't designed to close and it's not developed with that high quality uh, aspect in mind and and, and avoiding the mistakes we just talked about, people are not going to spend the time trying to figure out who you are, how you're different, and why they want you. It has to be blatantly obvious. So don't even think about doing Google ads until your website is quality it, it's a, it's brand-led, and it substantiates all these things that we've just talked about. Yeah, and I would just add real quickly that you can erode your equity from a brand standpoint pretty quickly if you have really awesome ads, and then people get to the site and it's not consistent with what they saw. feels like a bait-and-switch, and people will immediately have a sense of distrust, and they won't be back. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really hard thing for people to hear. And, and you know, we've we've had that honestly that conversation with a couple of of, of uh, clients who reached out and wanted us to do Google Ads, and we basically had to be pretty honest with them and say, "Hey, we could do this. We could take your money. You are not going to convert leads." And then we never heard from them again. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, and that's really, really like how it goes because. Um, I mean, obviously, being forthright people, we speak the truth, but it's also a matter of making sure that everything is is connected in a way that's going to drive what you want it to drive, or else it's just not worth the money. And that's where the marketing gets a bad rap. So second question, April, you want to take this one? Yeah, we've traditionally used WordPress, but we're thinking of changing to a new platform. What do you recommend? So let me just start by saying... This really depends on how much functionality and customization you want or need. And if there's things like e-commerce or other things in in part of what you're offering, then we really aren't going to go there with our recommendation. Those are more customized solutions. But what I will say is that websites have come a long way in being accessible and friendly to non-programmers, thus and being able to do our site with absolutely no background in programming. Um, but <laughs> I had to throw that out there one more time. But um, in any Ugh. case, the one that we really like right now is Wix. Our site is built on Wix. Um it has a ton of flexibility and easy. It's easy even if you're totally new to programming. Um, our site was actually designed by that programmer I mentioned before, and we created the content. He did the site for us. But now I'm managing our site completely. So to the point of keeping costs down and and making sure that we're making updates only as needed, um, I can go in at any point, add blogs, check our analytics, um, see which pages are performing. It's very straightforward, and I by no means prefer to be a programmer. I mean, this is really the first time that I've been in the back end of a site. So again, if there's specific needs or there are bolt-ons, add-ons, things like, you know, uh, e-commerce or you're selling things directly, all that stuff, that's a different animal entirely. But if you're truly just starting out, building a website for the first time, you're only going to focus on those few pages that we mentioned, Wix can really do it all for you. And there are different templates and things that you can choose pretty easily to kind of plug and play and still look professional and polished and get that message out there appropriately. And I think you raised a good point too about the, the whole development of it all. So that's the one thing to really watch out for when you are trying to find a developer, right? Because, um, you know, the, it, it still seems to be a secret sauce for many people. And if you do not want to have anything to do with the website, that is totally fine. But if you are willing to do a little bit with your website, those are generally like, cost savings associated with that. But a lot of times developers won't share that because they want the ongoing retainer, if you will, to be able to maintain your site or get the hourly rate, which can be upwards of $100 an hour to make simple changes to your website. So really think about strategically what role you want to play in your website so that you can mindfully have a conversation with a developer about what the short term looks like in order to develop it even though my developing skills were like stellar. So I'm still <laughs> going to attest to that. Um, but like, what well, also what do you want to do ongoing? And what things do you want to change ongoing? So like just searching out a blog or, you know, flipping, you know, some some content is not as developed as like a full rebrand, if you will, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, and that leads nicely actually into the next one here, which is what are the most important behind the scenes things for a quality website? Um, again, we are not part of the programming team, but I will tap into Kevin here, uh, give him some props. The one thing he talks about all the time is speed. 
And the fact that, you know, we have no patience anymore as a society for any kind of buffering or that spinning wheel of death or any of those kinds of things. If you go to a site and you can't immediately get what you need from it, you leave, right? We all do it. So that's the number one thing. The next thing that he talks about often are keywords. And I'm not going to go into specifics here because that is a whole other topic, but really making sure that you understand the buzzwords that are out there in your industry and that you sprinkle them throughout your copy. Now, don't go through and try to act like a thesaurus and just, you know, layer the words on top of each other on top of each other. That will get flagged by Google 100% of the time. But do be mindful that if you're talking about marketing, branding, startup audience, small business, that those words come up repeatedly because you'll get a more positive score by having those things come up that way. Um Again, there's this is a whole topic for another day on SEO, but those things, for example, as well as, again, being concise, and this is both from a front end and a back end. And what I mean by that is not having too many navigation bars, not having too many pull-down menus, not having too many pages, not having copy ad nauseum. All of those things, right, again, are where people are just going to have a more complicated experience than is necessary, and it makes your life way more complicated if you're having to hire a programmer because you can't go in and make those changes on your own. That's where we get into the situations where you have to hire those people again and again to change things because there's so many plugins and navigations and backwritten code that you have no idea how to get from one place to another if you try to go in there and make changes yourself. Right. And you mentioned uh, SEO just for folks search engine optimization. Um, So part of the way that you optimize your site when you are using keywords in order to have all those creepy caller Google things um, find you and actually then put you up on the priority list. So again, a topic for a uh, another day, but um, just wanted to to flag that one. Um, you take the next question too. Okay. All right. I'm on a roll, I guess. Um, how much should a website cost? Okay. Again, depends on platform and where you are in that journey. But rule of thumb for us, a few hundred dollars, couple thousand maximum. Depends on the number of pages, depends on the assets you want to put on your site. But to do the actual website, if you have those brand elements, you have some good shots that you like, you have some verbiage that you really like to use that you think points to what you do, it really should not cost more than that. Because honestly, it shouldn't take more than six to eight to 10 hours of a programmer slash designer's time. And in these types of platforms we're talking about, it really can be the same person. You no longer need the layers of different types of people. You don't need the complex programmer. You don't need a designer that's going to, you know, tweak every little detail. You really just need something that's polished, professional, and concisely tells your message through the lens of your brand. And that really shouldn't cost more than, like I said, a few hundred to a couple thousand dollars max. And what's on the lower end of the range there, April? What's on the upper end of the range, just to kind of give some context? Sure. So the lower end, um, if you're going to pick a Wix template and you're kind of just going to plug and play and you have developed your content and kind of all the pages, so you have that sitemap in addition to all of the content that you want, then you literally just need someone who's capable to go in there and plug those in. You can learn to do it yourself. It'll probably take you twice as long. So that would be a reason to hire that designer or that programmer in that case. On the other side, kind of like what we did, and we had our visual assets already and our toolkit developed, and we were very uh, concise on what we wanted to communicate. But as tends to be, we're a little bit verbose. So we had a little, a little bit of uh, help cutting some things out. And then we actually had Kevin 
do the design and customize beyond just what a template could do because we wanted some certain functionality that was a bit different. Again, he's not breaking anything. I can still go in there and plug and play, but it did require more of his time because he was designing and implementing at the exact same time. Hmm. And I would say verbose is an agency trait, not a corporate trait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, next question. What do I need from a visual perspective to start a website? And we talked about this a lot. So let me just hit on a few key points here um, just to uh, make sure that they're, they're, they're sticking in your brain. So really, again, as, as April has said, it comes down to your visual and your verbal toolkit. You need your brand visualization, which means you need a logo. Um, you need the colors. You need your photography choices. You might even have some iconography, so little icons you're using or some textures that you want to use. Um, it, it sounds like a lot, but it doesn't have to be. This can be as much or as little, but what's a really, really important is that it's consistent. And I know a lot of people out there, when they are first starting this, and this kind of goes back to the expense, that they'll go get a logo from Fiverr, and then they'll go over here and pull some textures, and then they'll pull some icons, and they'll try to like mishmash it in together. <laughs> but what happens is then you just look like you have a mishmashed brand. And so I think you know people really underestimate the power of how logo of how colors, of how the textures all work together to tell the story that you want to tell to people that's going to sell what you want to sell. And it helps you make that connection with them. So just a little plug for us as well is that We've kind of taken all that and condensed it into a really nice uh, package for those of you guys who are just trying to get started and try to get something that's consistently um, of good quality, high quality that you could you can leverage. So if you're interested in that, reach out to us um, on our website, forthright-people.com, and and tell us um, that you uh, want to have a little consultation on, um, on 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 this topic, and we'll be happy to talk to you through it. But um, just really, 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 it's it's all about you know, driving, like I said, that consistency. I can't say it enough. Um, and making sure that it doesn't violate the all of the uh, things that we said not to do. Yeah. And just to touch on the, the verbal toolkit, too, because this one can be a little harder for people, I think, quite frankly, um, because it's a little softer than, let's say, your colors or your logo or that sort of thing. But equally as important. Um, and this, again, this also doesn't have to be a ton of money, a ton of time, a ton of parameters. You just really need kind of your essence of what you want to be as a, as, a, as a person, as I said before, as a brand character. And then, you know, three to five written rules that you're going to follow on how you're going to communicate. And I outlined some of that before. Um, the important thing about those is that they really become your success criteria. So what you should do is write against the tone as best you can, go back and kind of tick off your success against those different principles. So again, I'm going to be friendly and approachable. I'm going to be non-verbose, but tell a consistent message. You know, all of those types of things are what you're looking for. And they can be dialed up or dialed down depending on the different message you want to put out there. But the key is to make sure that you haven't gone against any of those tone of voice principles so that, again, the consumer learns how to connect with you authentically and knows what to expect from you both visually and verbally as they get closer connected to you. And I think you tell me this all the time, too, is that it has to be a choice. It's not a default, right? So if you're going to be funny – 
fine, but you need to be what kind of funny? Are you going to be mm. a little slapstick funny? Are you going to be self-deprecating funny? Like, what kind of funny are you going to be? And it sounds like it's it's very highly nuanced, and it is a little bit, but it's in the style that comes across, and it's very important that your style reflects what your consumer also wants to hear from you. And it could go into your brand of, like, how who am I and how am I different? Why do you want me? Of course. But it's also, like, making sure that you're just not defaulting into what everybody is. So, you know, I don't know anybody who's like, well, I'm not going to be nice, right? So, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to be nice. I mean, who isn't, well, except for maybe, like, a very small segment of the population who's not doesn't plan to be nice. But, like, that's not a choice to be nice because the alternative of, like, I'm going to be mean is just not a choice. You're not making a choice there. It's like, okay, I'm going to be nice, but what kind of nice am I going to be, right? So I know you get on me on, the, on that one just to make sure that, especially as we're working for other clients, too, that we're very specific so that they can embrace that. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think um that's also a good point of you want to make sure that your tone of voice isn't working against itself. So to Anne's point, you can be nice, you know, we think we're pretty nice most days, but we're also really forthright, <laughs> right? So I mean it's our name. And so our very first tone of voice principle is to be direct but not to be mean. And I think that that's a really good way of putting it. It's you know, we're going to give the right feedback, we're not going to pull any punches, so to speak. But we're not going to beat up on you just for the sake of doing so. We're going to give you the advice that you need to hear, whether you want to hear it or not. Um, but, but that is kind of a fine line. We never are going to go beyond that. We're never going to make fun. We're never going to be nasty. I mean, that's just not who we are. But those are the types of things that you want to set for yourself so that you can kind of gauge that. And that one's pretty straightforward. But it is really important that those nuances exist and they exist consistently so that you actually feel authentic. Otherwise, people are going to sniff it out and they're going to be like, you know what? They're putting on a persona. They're being fake. I don't want that. And in today's world, that's more important than ever. Yeah, it's a consistency thing again, too. So I think it's a really good point. All right. Our last question. How do I know what content to provide? And we talked about this. So I'm just going to, again, highlight a few key points um, just to make sure, again, that they're sticking in your brain. Um, so the about page. The about page is very, very important. Be very clear on your why. And the why needs to be personal, right? So it's not just, um, I want to do good in the world. Well, again, who doesn't want to do good in the world, except for maybe a very small portion of the population? Tell your story. Tell why, I mean, why do you exist? What's the purpose for you exist? And what do you want to do for other people, right? So this is what really starts connecting um, you and your business to who you want your you know target consumer, your target uh, customer to be, right? So try to resist it just being all about your business like your, your product itself. So your about page is not like, hey, I have a great stellar product. Again, a lot of people have great stellar products. What is the reason why you made that product to begin with? Okay. And it's not just like the problem solution, which is where a lot of people start. It's the emotional impact it has on somebody's life that when they use your product or service, it's going to somehow change something for them. So for example, I worked on the Tide business for a very long time when I was at PAG. Tide is a laundry detergent. Tide is also a billion-dollar business. You don't get to be a billion-dollar business selling laundry detergent by just telling people how good it is. You have to tell them why using it is going to change something about their life that is going to make you indispensable. It's going to have that connection, that, that brand love connection that's going to be super important. So really focus on that as in, in your about page and making sure that that's very clear. 
And then other things you're going to want to make sure you put, you put in there, um, like April said, is like what other con- content do you have that you want to link to? You know, if there's blog content, it's very important to start kind of creating content. And this will be a, a, another um, podcast for a, a different day. But generating content starts making um, you perceived as a thought leader. So that gives you, um, one, it, it, it puts more stuff in Google for people to search and find you, but then also it starts building your reputation, your credibility. So you want to make sure that um, your website kind of collates all that into a really nice package for people to understand who you are and what your brand represents. Yeah, and just one add there to make sure that your contact us is really clear. I mean, we put an actual form on our website, mm-hmm. but to the point about being easily reachable and people not wanting to search for things, I can't tell you how many sites I, I've personally um, just left because I couldn't find that information. So we call it out as a separate page, which might seem odd, but it's actually potentially one of your most important pages, especially when you think about conversion. So just make sure people know how to get in touch with you once they're intrigued enough to do so. Good point. Good point. So those are are in the trenches questions. And if you have questions that you want us to address, make sure you go to our website, contact us, let us know what those look like. um, And uh, we'd be happy to address those on a future podcast. But to close this out, we're not quite done yet. We like to end with uh, another piece. So this is our, our, our third and final piece. What we think is really important too is that we provide a little bit of like relevant context for you guys to really understand who is doing this well, right? Or maybe it might in some future episodes might be who's doing it not well, but today it happens to be doing a uh, doing website really, really well. And it's actually um, our, our sponsor, so uh, Profound Performance, um, and the uh, the person behind Profound Performance is Scott Mouts. And uh, Scott, in all transparency, is uh, my performance coach, and now is our performance coach. Um, and uh, you know, you'll see when you go to uh, his website that he really, really embodies that. So you're going to see right from the get-go, when you click on his site, this very dynamic header, which didn't always, wasn't always there. So I want to be very clear that he didn't start out with a dynamic header, it was a static header, okay? So this is how we said, like, you could start very simple, but high quality, and you can evolve it as you start to expand and you start to get bigger. But you can see all the brand elements are very much um, consistent with the image that he wants to portray, from his colors to his topography to his iconography. It's all there in a very consistent format. You'll even notice his logo, which is an S and an M. His M in his logo was designed to look like his vest, and that because he always wears a vest when he when he presents his keynotes. So he's always you'll see that in all his keynotes he wears this. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the same vest. I'm sure he has multiple vests, but it's the same looking <laughs> vest. And it like he uses that to embrace the M within his logo, which again, it's a very nuanced thing, but it starts to kind of trigger in your head. These like intangibles start to trigger in your head a story about somebody and it starts becoming very real. It starts to having like 3D kind of multidimensional like gravitas that makes it feel like it's something that you actually want. That's the why you want me part. 
So you're going to notice that. You're also going to notice that in from a content standpoint, he includes sample um, uh, portions of his keynotes, right? So when we talked about what content to provide, he provides that specific content because he wants you to know how he talks, how he presents, what his style is. Again, going back to his tone um, in, in, the, in, in the verbal toolkit. And then also you can see consistently in his visual appearance as well how he reinforces that, getting back to um, the actual vest. Um, his about page is very thorough, and it clearly answers the three brand questions. Who am I? Why am I different? Why do you want me? You're going to see that articulated very clearly, very succinctly, but very impactfully in a way that shows what you're going to get as a result of engaging with him, which is always very important. You Remember, just don't talk at your consumer. Don't talk at your potential client. Make sure you're clear what they're going to take away from you in your business, okay? So that's really, really important. They want to know what's in it for them, not just what you're going to do or what's in it for you, Okay. Um, he's also addressed something that's very relevant right now, and we see people doing this well and not so well, which is the fact that he now does virtual keynotes, right? So he had to make that big pivot um, several months ago. And I think this is very, very, very specific to keynoting, but also very important is that he has like the real legit setup. Like he's not just sitting at his desk and he's doing like, you know, his keynote just like he was because he gets paid good money to do these keynotes. So if he wants to continue to demand that cost, then he has to have a very legit setup. And you'll see very um, images of what that setup looks like that allows him to be able to communicate in a way that's still very high quality. So you're going to see all these um, all these elements of his website that very much reinforce what what to do in the context of what we told you what not to do. And you're going to see, and, and, and just as you look at it, just remember, he didn't start there. Like I said, he did not start there. He started with something that was very general um, based on like the format that we've been giving you, the pages that we gave you. And he's been building it over time as his services and his practice have um, grown. So, Yeah, and I think the point there that you hear is that he's been very choiceful. Right. So he's been deliberate in everything that he's communicating. He never threw anything up and just was like, huh, we'll see how this works or how this sticks. That's why this foundation is so important, because once you have set the discipline and the authenticity and the consistency of your brand, it makes it really easy to know what to include, what not to include, and how to expand at each level that your fill in the blank brand, company, or website in this case takes. And it allows you to manage it in a way that is very, very intentional um, versus just throwing everything you have on that site. So I would say Scott's done a really nice job. And yes, he's our sponsor. So we want to give him a little shout out. Um, But just a really great example of putting into practice the things that we've talked about today and then kind of moving beyond that. Yeah. And if you want to go see his website, we'll put in the show notes too. But it's scottmounts.com. So that's S-C-O-T-T-M-A-U-T-Z dot com. All right. So that is what we got for you on the Forum Monumental website mistakes. And hopefully not only are you clear on the mistakes, now you're clear on the structure it takes to actually make the kind of website you need in, in order to be extremely impactful for your business. And with that, it's time to go exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com.
Mention you heard about us here, and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover, which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend, and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, go show off your marketing smarts. 